0: Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Dr. Marin Wood. Thank you so much for joining me. One of the most costly mistakes I see PhDs make is spending all their time submitting resumes to online job postings. I've mentioned this in previous podcast episodes, but submitting resumes to online job postings is basically a waste of time. You'll remember back in episode nine, I think, I talked about a study that was conducted by an economics PhD where he submitted nearly 300 resumes to online job postings. And he only heard back from 8%. I'm not sure why we think so resumes to online job postings is a good job search strategy. I suppose it's because millions of dollars have been invested into businesses like Indeed and Glassdoor, and they market to us and convince us we should be using their product to apply for jobs. And, you know, they serve a very important purpose. But for those of us that are in career transition, I mean, it's just not the way that we should be spending time. Actively job searching that way just means throwing resumes into the dark, right? You're spending all your time submitting to resumes that hundreds and hundreds of people are throwing resumes at without connections to the company, without having done proper research. So it's just like not a great way to spend your time. As many of you probably are already aware, studies estimate that as many as 70% of jobs are never posted to those job boards. And 80% of jobs are filled through networking and referrals. So if you're only looking at job ads in these online platforms, you're missing most of the jobs. And you're missing out on building the connections you need to get your resume out of the pile and you into an interview. There are also additional reasons why focusing only on online job postings is a terrible idea. So let's say somehow you luck out you're playing the numbers game, you you hear me, you're like, okay, fine, Maren, so I'll just submit 600 resumes. And finally, you hear back from someone. Well, how will you ace the interview process? Do you know how employers in that industry test for skills or what questions you'll be asked or typical compensation packages? It's one thing to be able to design a one-page resume. It's another thing to survive a multi-stage interview. If you don't really understand the position, the profession, the industry, or the organization, how will you convince people to hire you? You won't. And you'll go in unprepared and you'll blow the interview. There's another piece of this too, which is, how will you know if you'll even like the job? I get it. Right now, you probably are just saying, "Marin, I just need any job. And that will work in the short term to solve your current financial troubles. But any job isn't a career. and and A job that you just landed might not be a great alignment for your talents, interests, and skills. How will you know if the job is intellectually engaging or challenging? How will you know if you have the right skills? How will you know if the organization is positive or toxic? You won't. And chances are you'll end up in a career that's a poor fit for who you are as a person. And being in a job that you don't like can have major consequences for your mental and physical health. Now. If you're doing this, spending your time throwing resumes into the dark, please stop. But also, no, it's not just you. I see hundreds of PhDs making this costly mistake all the time, which is why we've developed our four-step process at Beyond Prof to help PhDs move through their career transition with purpose and strategy. While proven job search strategies are universal, this idea of like networking and not spending your time throwing resumes into the void, the process we developed is specifically for PhDs. Because we have different challenges in our job search than other people. Some of these challenges include, you know, we don't want to leave academia, which is a huge social and psychological obstacle. Our training and expertise is largely only relevant in academia. We're making not just a career move, but a leap across industries from higher education into the private sector. This is why it's so important for us to step back, take a moment, and refocus on ourselves. Let me share with you a couple stories of PhDs who didn't follow the process in their job search, the frustrations they encountered, and what they ultimately did in order to be successful. So, let me tell you about my friend Omar. Omar admits that he submitted resumes to over a thousand online job postings, and he heard back from zero, which is so demoralizing. In order to pay his bills, Omar had to be creative. He had worked as a stand up comedian, and he knew that employers were looking to bring in consultants to work with teams in order to build rapport and do team building exercises by using stand up. And so he developed workshops and he pitched them to employers in uh, the Austin, Texas area where he lived. And during one of those interactions, he had an opportunity to talk to the CEO of a company that he really admired. And, you know, he had this moment, he had the ear of the CEO, he loved the company, and he pitched himself to this employer by telling him, you know, here's how I understand your organization. Here's the problem and challenge that you've told me your organization has. Here are my skills, and here is how I can help your organization achieve its goals. And the CEO of the company created a job for Omar and hired him. Now, that's not going to work for everybody but it does work for some people. And in order for you to seize the moment when you have those kinds of opportunities, you have to be clear on your value to employers. You have to know what your marketable skills are. You have to know what your values are so that you can make that connection between you and the employer and the mission of the organization. So initially, Omar was unsuccessful because he just was submitting resumes to online job postings. But when he took time to reflect on his values and his skills, when he learned more about what employers were looking for, and when he made that personal connection with an employer, he was able to pitch himself and move into a full-time job. Another person that I worked with uh, named Michelle, she actually fell into a job sort of right after her PhD. She has a background in ecology, and she started working in science communication and education. And she thought this was going to be a great alignment for her interests, but it turns out it wasn't. And part of the problem is that, you know, she didn't spend a lot of time doing informational interviews to learn more about those, that role or other kinds of jobs that someone with her skills could potentially move into. Now, the good news is that through her time at this company where she was in this job that wasn't a great fit for her, she was able to realize what was actually missing in her job. And she realized that what she loved was helping people solve problems. But she wanted to do it in a data-driven way, so we worked together and we identified what her values and her skills were. And she decided that she was going to go to data science boot camp. So she uh, did a bunch of research. She talked to some people about uh, what data science boot camps she should apply to. She ultimately got a fellowship, which was fantastic, and then she was able to move into a position at a bank, helping small businesses make informed decisions. And you know, she quite enjoyed that job. Another friend of mine, Ada. She actually started out as a faculty member. And what's interesting about Ada is everything she did as an academic worked. You know, she got into top PhD programs. Then she was fully funded. Then she got a top postdoc. Then she got an amazing faculty position at a top institution for engineering. And when she tried to publish, she got published. Like, she didn't have the kinds of struggles that so many academics have. And she felt really guilty about this. because she was so miserable in her job. So Ada is such a great example of why you need to know what your optimal career pathway is. You know, what do you do? What will the world pay you money to do? And what do you love? And what she did and what the world would pay her money to do didn't align with what she loved. And it was causing her so much anxiety, stress, and depression. So she walked away. And again, that's such an important example of why it's you need to be Exploring career options before you even go on the academic job market because it might not be a good fit for you. Just because you're good at it, just because you have the skills, just because it's what is expected of you, doesn't mean that's an alignment for your optimal career pathway. So ultimately she went off and started her own consulting company supporting small businesses. And and Ada actually has helped support Beyond Profit a couple of initiatives. And she loves her work. She loves working with small businesses. Now here's how the process works and how you can use this process to be more focused in your job search. So you don't spend this time you know, mismatched in a job that doesn't work for you or struggling because you're just throwing resumes to online job postings. So Mark is another alumni of Beyond Prof. And he's another faculty member who decided to exit academia after landing a tenure-track job. Again, it was just a poor fit for him. And he was in a really small town. And he knew that this, he wanted to live in a big city. Mark is one of those people that says he really loves teaching, but he spent time really analyzing what it was about the teaching component of his job. What, what, what was it that was really energizing to him about teaching? And he realized what he loved was that curriculum design and development. And he identified a content management or a learning design specialist as two possible careers for someone with his interest. And so he, he tapped into his network. And ultimately, he was able to apply for jobs in Washington, D.C. So he focused on one city, which is really important. You can't be doing a national job search when you're doing a professional non-academic job search. You've got to focus on one city. Focused on Washington, D.C., he tapped into his network and he was able to get a job as a learning specialist uh, at a professional association, helping people build online content for undergraduates. Loves it. It was a great fit for him. And then another person that I happen to know is Diane, who is our learning design specialist and Aurora product manager here at Beyond Prof. Diane was one of those people who knew really early on that she didn't want to be, go on the faculty track. She's in, she was in STEM and she just didn't like the lifestyle. She didn't want to be in the lab. So early on in her graduate education and training, Diane started preparing for a different career pathway and she began training to become an instructional designer. She took courses through the Teaching and Learning Center, where she, um, where she was earning her degree, and then she was able to get a one-year uh, position, contract position, where she was able to get that experience that employers really value, that, a one-year contract position to demonstrate that she could apply those skills that she learned as a graduate student to a professional career. And then she applied for the job at Beyond Prof, and now she has a full-time job. So this is why the process is so important because it works. It helps PhDs dig beneath the surface to overcome our fear about career transition and take a risk. We have to be confident in walking away from something we feel secure in, like academia and our academic careers, into an unknown. The job search is tough enough even if you have the right tools, and without proper tools, it can be so destructive. It will make you feel like you are unemployable, that no one will hire you because of your PhD that the only career options for someone like you is to stay in higher ed, accepting low pay and contingent positions, or remaining in a tenure-track job that's making you miserable just because you feel like you lack options. To help move PhDs through this process, Beyond Prof has developed curriculum that will help you avoid feeling overwhelmed and frustrated and move forward with purpose and strategy. You'll walk through the discovery stage so that you know you have options, then you can find and evaluate opportunities and implement a proven job search. All of this curriculum is available in Aurora, our e-learning platform. And until now, it's only been available by institutional subscription. But we know that not every institution can subscribe, and we know that not every PhD who needs it is at an institution. So head over to beyondprof.com and learn more about Aurora and how our curriculum can help you move through your career transition. So flip your job search strategy. Find people, not job ads. Get experience. Build connections. That's what you'll need to break into industry. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Job Search the Smart Way, a podcast for graduate students and PhDs. For more resources to help you launch your next great career, be sure to visit beyondprof.com sign up for our free events. And remember, smart people work everywhere.